Hello and welcome to another episode of A Brother's Creed Podcast, where we talk about motivation, experiences, and exploring the world around us. We're the Thomas Brothers. I'm Ethan. And I'm Jared, and today we're talking about kind of two different uh, attributes. One is, well, I guess maybe not attributes, but just kind of two situations you could find yourself in, and how they may be extremes, but what are the advantages and disadvantages of each? And, they is, and that is uh, being indecisive or maybe just not being able to make a decision versus being too hasty or impulsive in making your decisions. It's kind of a spectrum. Uh, those are kind of the far ends of the spectrum. Uh, but we're going to talk about them and maybe share some examples. And I have a study I'm going to share. Uh, so see where that happy medium is at. All right, let's get into it. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Most valuable commodity I know of is information. And that, my friends, is called integrity. That's called courage. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of. Either you're somebody or you're nobody. You're not the devil. You're practice. So as we're talking about kind of that indecisiveness versus uh, hastiness or maybe being more impulsive in your decision making, those two are really opposite tendencies when it comes to decision making. Um, indecisiveness for me, as I'm kind of reading through and, and, and trying to define it for myself, refers to the inability to make a decision or take an action in a timely manner. Mm-hmm. Um, it is actually uh, are often due to a lack of confidence or fear of making the wrong choice mm-hmm. or just being overwhelmed by too many options. Yep. Uh, this can lead to potentially missed opportunities, uh, lost time, frustration to both the uh, individual themselves and those around them um secondarily or, or or do you want to talk about do you want to uh talk about your definition of indecisiveness or yeah was it, was it different than mine well it was the same thing basically the you know the inability to evaluate information at hand uh, and make a timely decision one of the things i found interesting though was that indes- indecisiveness is so commonly found with patients who have depression in fact, indecisiveness is a is a symptom of major depression disorder uh, that is diagnosable, like uh, f- from the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, the DSM, uh, used by psychi- psychologists. And some depressed folks might be unwilling to deal with the unpleasant stress of making a decision or any unpleasant consequences that might happen if they choose the wrong choice. So it's almost like I'm just so depressed. I can't. I don't have the energy to decide because if I choose the wrong thing and I have to deal with something in addition, it's just going to be too much for me. So they just don't decide, which is in a way is a decision in itself. Um, but for me, I feel like sometimes I'm indecisive because it can sometimes mean closing a door. Uh, especially, I think a lot of times, 
you know, when you're right out of high school and you're going into college and you're like, oh, all the doors are open for me and all of life and I can go do whatever I want. I could be a medical doctor. I could be an astronaut. I could be, you know, whatever I want. Uh, but as you get older and as you kind of go down a path, you know, you start closing doors behind you. Uh, and I think that that's not entirely true. I mean, that's not totally, totally true, but in, in, in some ways it does. Like, you know, I went through and chose a path of financial, um, I did financial economics was my major. Uh, and then I got my master's in data science. So I kind of chose uh, a little bit that route. That doesn't mean I can't change and maybe go start a business now, but it's really hard for me to change and go back to medical school and become a medical doctor. Or if I wanted to go be a plastic surgeon, it's way too far, too far down the road. So sometimes for me, it's like I closed that door uh, off to that opportunity uh, some time ago. And so when, I, when I'm undecisive, I think about what opportunities I'm closing, what doors I'm closing uh, to be able to choose the door that I'm going through. And that's what gets me stuck sometimes is I, I'm an analyst by heart. So I, I try to look down the line and try to imagine all the permutations and all the what ifs. And it just can be overwhelming uh, because there's so many variables that exist, you know. So, yeah. I, I completely agree. And it, it's interesting because whenever I think of indecisiveness, I think of the phrase analysis paralysis. Mm-hmm. Right. And that whole thing of like when people have too many options um, <clears throat> for for a summer there before I got married, I did door to door sales. And this was kind of right on the the cusp of when kind of like home automation started getting big. So mostly it was uh, home home security systems, but it it was dabbling in kind of the home automation as well. So it was you know you could control it from your smartphone. You could <clears throat> you could uh, potentially change the temperature in your thermostat. You could control some of your lights on and off. You could you know there was kind of you could look at your uh, cameras and get notifications and. And uh, I remember we'd go, to, I'd go door to door and present people, give them my pitch, and tell them what we we're doing. And then we had this uh, brochure, and on this brochure, there was like all of the different, all of the cameras, and all of the sensors, and all of the you know different things that you could give uh, that you could attach onto the package of that these people were going to get. And it was really interesting because. I went out with this one guy, and he was had been really struggling to get any sales. And um, I was like, well, I'll, I'll go knock a couple doors with you, and we'll, we'll kind of see. <clears throat> and so we knocked the door, and this lady was like, oh, it was, a, it was husband and wife were there. And it was kind of like a golden opportunity. They were like, oh, yeah, we've actually been looking at getting a security system. We just moved here, and we think it's really interesting. And... And they're like, well, what, what, what do you have? You know, what do you think? Uh, wh- what do you think? They, I think they said, what do you think would work best for our house? And I mean, that's like the golden opportunity to just be yeah, like, yeah. oh, well, okay, well, how many main doors do you have to the house? How many windows do you have, right? But he just, he he laid right into it. He was like, oh, well, you need this sensor and this sensor, and do you have this and that? And it was just like, he threw so much information at him that it was just like overwhelming for him. And they were like, Oh man, I, I, 
I don't know. This this just seems like a lot, and and it was just yeah. They were like, well, what, what does this sensor do that you're trying to do? What does this one do? And it's just like it, it was way too much. I'm like, dude, just I'm like, pare it back some. Just yeah. Start with the start with the basics. Let them say yes, and then and then say, hey, we have this other thing too, and, and then and then try to you know potentially upsell from there. Yeah. And I don't want to give away. I don't want to give away all my sales tactics, right? <laughs> uh, and, I, and I'm not. I'm not saying it, it worked a swimmingly and amazing for me every single time, but I just got to see kind of that analysis paralysis firsthand. So uh, indecisiveness definitely, uh, just that you get frozen. You don't want to yeah. make a decision. You know, impulsiveness or hastiness to the other side of that is just completely refers to making an impulsive decision without taking any time to think about it mm-hmm. and to consider the facts or to weigh the options or to anticipate the potential consequences. Uh, this can lead to poor decisions being made taking of unnecessary risk and potential negative outcomes. Mm-hmm. So that is um, just kind of something that, you know, I don't know. It's, it's okay. Well, if you're too indecisive, then you'll, you'll miss stuff. But if you're too hasty, then you could screw yourself. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, what's the, is the is there times where it's better to be indecisive or is there advantages to being indecisive um or is it all disadvantageous to be indecisive and so i actually went through and um kind of pulled together a couple of the the things of what are some advantages of being specifically first was uh indecisive and i thought you know maybe there could be some positives behind it. And so some of those positives are whenever someone is, is indecisive, they are, uh, they is number one, careful consideration. Mm -hmm. They take lots of time to very carefully consider and weigh all the options, the pros, the cons, what is going to happen if I make this specific decision in the long run, what's the effect going to be? Um, so that's potentially a good thing to have that information. Uh, the second one is flexibility. A lot of times these people that are indecisive are more flexible because they're not really sold on one specific thing. They're always open to learning more and to digging in deeper, and, and maybe it makes them a little more flexible. Yeah. Um, they avoid uh, risk a lot better. Just the time that it takes to make a decision, a lot of times that uh, – it'll give you more opportunity to unfold any types of risks that might be involved. Yeah. Like I think that one clear example of that is that, well, I I guess I think part of what you're talking about is like not necessarily being indecisive. It, well, you're talking, it's like I'm there's, talking a, there's in, a spectrum I'm yeah. in like a, yeah. In, in, in a long term, Right. I think some yeah. of these things, if you're indecisive, then you're never going to make the decision. Right. Uh, but if you yeah. kind of wait around a little bit and you make the decision maybe a little bit later than you would just hastily making the decision, then it can be advantageous. But that's better than never making the decision at all. Like, for example, like if you go to the car dealership, these guys are always going to hustle you, man. And they're always going to be like, oh, yeah, you know, you got to buy this today. I don't know if it's going to be on the lot tomorrow. And then, you know, they're like, 
oh, if you buy it right now, anybody who tells me if I, ha- I have to buy something within the next 24 hours or else, immediately I'm like, yeah, that's not going to happen because I don't make decisions like like that. Uh, that is kind of under my, duress. Under duress. That's like scam, uh, scammy level talk to me. So as soon as someone starts putting on the pressure like that, uh, and it's like, oh, you have to like this immediacy of of they're trying to create this like uh, shortage shortage in like a supply or this immediacy that, that they're trying to get me to hustle and override my logical thinking so that I will buy whatever. I mean, that's a sales tactic. Uh, it clearly, it's a sales tactic. So yep. I, I don't take kindly to that, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm not interested now. Like you, you've lost all my interest in trying to hustle me for this. Uh, and so sometimes it's best to sleep on things. Uh, you know, that's, that's the, the right decision making, you know, say, okay, you know, it's late night, no one's going to come, you know, and buy this thing later tonight. So I'm just going to come back tomorrow if the car's still here in the morning and I five slept on it and feel still good about it. Uh, then I'll do good. Sometimes it's good to get out of that high pressure situation. Whereas if you're being hasty, you're like, yeah, man, I'll get it. You're getting all worked up and you're like, yeah, yeah. You actually overlook stuff too. Um, when you're getting hasty like that. So yeah, yeah, for sure. And so I think there really truly is a balance, right? And then some of the major disadvantages or, or, or I guess bad side of indecisiveness is just procrastination um, missed opportunities. A lot of times you yep. could, you know, maybe if you had this, you saw this car at the car dealership and the guy was like, oh, I can't promise it'll be here tomorrow. You're like, Oh man, we love that car. We love that car. It's a good deal. Uh, we'll sleep on it. We'll come back tomorrow. Well, you come back tomorrow and some, and it's gone. It's like, Oh, somebody bought it. Sorry. Um, or, or maybe even thinking like an investment. Sometimes you, you are offered an opportunity to get in on the bottom floor of an investment and you, you, you don't and then and then and then you lose it you miss the opportunity yeah um, a lot of times it can cause just anxiety and stress because you're just constantly thinking about something or worrying about it frustration to you and other people involved those around you and then just it can erode your I guess your your own personal confidence in making decisions and in the confidence of that other people have in your decision making which is dangerous especially if you're in a, a partnership with oh, yeah. someone. Yeah, totally. I think the biggest thing there is missed opportunities. Yeah, for sure. Is like you can miss out on, on, on lots of cool stuff if, if you're indecisive. Because um, really kind of being indecisive is in a way actually being decisive, you're choosing not to act. Uh, so it's like a sin of omission almost, you know. Uh, and by choosing not to act, you will you know, not experience uh, new things. I also think that there's a measure of, if, if for someone who is indecisive, I think you need to have a measure of faith uh, about that good things will happen. Even if something bad happens, something good could happen from that bad thing. Uh, and so you got to have some faith. Uh, and as you do that, I think you'll become less decisive. Well, maybe not hasty, uh, but... Even sometimes making hasty decisions can end up good. Sometimes making very thought out and labored labored decisions ends out bad. You know, it's like just look at people. Look how many how many financial advisors outperform the market. 
very, very, very few. Yeah. It's because it's very hard, and they're trying to be as patient and decisive as they can, but you know, it's, it's something that they can't really track or, or do very well. So um, anyway, I had a, a interesting thing I found about there was a, a preacher, uh, more of like a pastor. He was kind of like more of a Christian pastor. He was talking about the, an indecisiveness, and he was talking about an indecisive man. And one of the examples he kind of walked through is the indecisiveness of Pontius Pilate. You know who that is? Yeah, it was he was uh the Roman leader that tried Christ. Yeah. He was the Roman governor uh over that area uh where um Jerusalem at the time when Christ was crucified. So interesting kind of story here, and you see this indecisiveness all along. You know, Pontius Pilate was in a tough situation where the Jewish people did not like to be occupied by the Romans. And so he was in a situation where he had to try to appease the local leaders while at the same time uh, remaining in charge and, uh, you know, keeping the Roman foothold in that area. And so the Roman emperor had described Pontius. Uh, or a Roman emperor had described Pontius Pilate as uh, unbending, recklessly hard, uh, savagely hard, and a murderer. So this guy was, you know, had a reputation for being. <laughs> That's not a very good reputation. <laughs> yeah. So he was unbending and savage and and a murderer. Murderer. Exactly. So, uh, so normally he was a very savage, but. Uh, when it, when the the decision came up uh, between condemning Christ or or holding him innocent, he just really got caught uh, in this indecisive loop. Um, so as we as many know, uh, you know Christ uh, was in was betrayed uh, by Judas, uh, and the the Jewish leaders at the time in Jerusalem uh, took Jesus to uh, the, I believe they were the Sadducees, and they said, hey, this is who are like the, was like the elite uh, of the locals, I guess, there uh, in Jerusalem. And he said, they said, oh, you know, this is the, uh, this is the, the traitor Jesus, and this is the usurper and all this kind of stuff. And then they sent, they said, well, Pontius needs to condemn him to death because he's like the actual leader around here. And the Sadducees, they didn't want to like actually carry out the sentence, even though they had done that in other things like stonings and things like that. They wanted the Romans to carry out this one. So they go send him uh, in front of Pontius Pilate. And he's like, he asks, he talks to him. He says, art thou the king? Uh, And Jesus answered and said, you know, thou sayest it. Uh, And, uh, you know, he just kind of marveled. It says that he marveled. The scriptures say he marveled at what Christ said, and and how he didn't even really deny that he was the king. Uh, and then he was talking to some. He didn't really. Jesus didn't really say much else. Uh, and then Pontius was talking to some of the other guys there, and they said, "Oh yeah, he he was doing all kinds of stuff in Galilee, which is where he's from, and he was doing miracles and all these kinds of things." And he says, "Oh, thank goodness." That's actually someone else's jurisdiction. That's actually uh, Herod Antipas, who was the son of King Herod 
the one that tried to kill all the, kill all the babies trying to kill Jesus. So he sent, uh, he said, send Jesus over to Herod. So he sent him over to Herod, and Herod was just, you know, he was a he he's just an idiot. He tried to talk with Jesus. Jesus didn't say a single word to him. Uh, wasn't interested in talking to him at all. So Herod just mocked him. Uh, they put a robe on him, and they sent him back uh, to Pontius Pilate and said, "Hey, deal with this guy." And Pontius Pilate was like, "Oh my gosh, I don't know what to do with this guy." Uh, his wife, Pontius Pilate's wife, had a dream. Uh, and she said in the dream that it basically it was a terrible dream and that he should let Jesus go. Uh, but he didn't want to jeopardize his political standing, so he was just in this in-between. And then he said, oh, well, there's this Jewish custom that's coming up. And, you know, the Jews just recently welcomed Christ into the city on Palm Sunday, what we know as Palm Sunday. Uh, surely uh, they would not want to uh, you know, condemn him. Uh, and they would release Christ instead of this other guy, Barabbas. And so, as the story goes, uh, he says, "Per your cut," he brings them all out, and he says, "You know, here is Jesus, and per your customs, uh, you can release someone. Who do you want to release?" And he said, "I find, you know, no fault in this man." And they and he says, "Who do you want to choose?" And the crowd chose Barabbas, and they said, and then they shouted, "Crucify him!" Uh, to, to Christ. And so then he, in his indecisiveness, you know, does this symbolic thing where he washes his hands of the blood of, of, of Christ, which really, I mean, what does that mean? Uh, how, how, what does that actually mean? He, he was so indecisive the whole time. He didn't ever, never actually do anything. And he just says, well, this is in your hands, not mine. Uh, and then we know that Christ was, was, was crucified on the cross uh, after that as well as scourged and many other things. So this is not to say that, you know, if Pontius Pilate wouldn't have been indecisive, Christ wouldn't have died on the cross. We we know that that was prophesied beforehand, but that doesn't mean that necessarily he was like a great guy or that he was a good guy. You know, we, Judas betrayed Christ, and uh, he has gone down as the betrayer uh, and and the evil, evil one who betrayed Christ. And so even though it was even though it was going to happen, uh, that doesn't mean that that was uh, a good thing that that was that person did. Um, interesting anecdote that I didn't know uh, is that about seven years later, Pontius Pilate was sent to the area called Gaul in northern Italy, uh, and at that point he kind of spiraled into a depression, and he ended up hanging himself. And, interesting. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that. And similar fate as. Uh, Judas. Judas, exactly. So, uh, this is uh, pretty interesting, you know, when you think about the indecisiveness of that man and how not being able to make a decision uh, kind of affected affected a lot of things. And so, yeah. interesting yeah. story. You know, the, the opposite of that, the hastiness or impulsiveness, this one is, is just being quick to make decisions. And to me, what was kind of interesting, um, some of the positives were, were seemed really positive, right? Like seizing of opportunities immediately, mm-hmm. um, you know, being the first to the, uh, you know, first to get in line, um, decisiveness. When is the, when is decisiveness ever a, a bad thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and confidence, it, it, it 
it can put off if you're just you're 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 always yes yes I'm there I'm there this that you know it can it can make people around you feel like you're confident mm-hmm. uh, or it could be an efficient use of time because you're not constantly dragging your feet yeah um, those are all potentially like some good things with being hasty or uh, impulsive I guess uh, but at the same point uh, it can lead to some pretty poor decision making mm-hmm. um, it can lead to detrimental decisions that can have lasting regret. Uh, A lot of times if you get into something, it's hard to get out. Uh, There can be lots of negative outcomes. And it's just like, to to its extreme, it is just a lack of thoughtfulness altogether. Yeah. uh, Which I think is, is very dangerous. Yeah, I have the here the hastiness is kind of the desire to get things done faster makes a person re- restless and anxious, which in turn produces emotional setbacks of anger and stress and ultimately depression. So it's funny how like indecisiveness is a symptom of depression, but also hastiness can lead to depression too because you're not thinking through things. Yeah. A couple of like uh, of those uh, old um you know mantras I guess that made me think of is an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Yep. Sometimes it's 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 worth it just to take a second to make sure it's all right before you just dive in. Uh, and then haste causes waste, or haste can cause accidents as well. Uh, you think about, you know, if you ever you ever been d- doing something and and someone just jumps right in and they just you know they just get going and you know they're a little crazy and stuff and you're like whoa let's like set some ground rules let's let's talk about this like you don't want to go shooting with that guy who just like whips his stuff out of the bag and just starts shooting down the range you're like whoa dude let's like let's get set up and like let's do this in a controlled environment and like let's not be crazy you know <laughs> you don't want that guy at the range <laughs> yeah for sure it makes me think of um <clears throat> it uh I had the opportunity for several years in high school and then during college to work construction and i remember we were doing this one project and um it was we were putting a metal roof on this barn and we had just enough pieces of the aluminum roofing uh that we had ordered to i mean we had had like the perfect number of pieces everything was perfectly laid out um but we had to cut this one piece. It was like the final piece and it needed to be cut. And we were kind of like fighting a storm type thing. And, and the guys with it was like, was like, just, we just need to get it up there, get it up there. And it was just like, it was so rushed, 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 which we could have like thrown a tarp over her and it, it wasn't that big of a deal. Uh, Cause it was going to rain. But in the haste, um, luckily it wasn't me. <laughs> but some mistakes were some some mistakes were made in the measurements, and then when it was cut, it was too small. Oh, and dude, when I tell you people were upset, people were upset. Uh, there was <laughs> people there. There were people that that uh, got yelled at so bad that they left the job site. Oh wait, uh, it was another it was another worker on the job site. Yeah, so there was there was like it was like the main boss guy, and then um, there was like two or three of us that were helping out. Oh, there was, was two or three other guys, of, and then it was one of the other guys. Yeah, so I was kind of one of the uh, 
n- not one of the more seasoned construction guys. Um, uh huh. But yeah, it was it was just it's a haste makes waste, right? And it was it wasn't uh, measured properly. Everybody was rushing around, and and it was a mistake. Now in the end. I mean, we had to end up like ordering a new piece and all this kind of stuff, but, um, yeah. <laughs> I bet that was a tirade of just, uh, explicit, explicit, <laughs> expletives. Expletives, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, it was, that guy. yeah. It was, it was fun. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I did have one interesting study that I, I, I looked into and this is kind of, she talks about the different, uh, Ways that we make decisions. So it's a little bit, uh, I'll just kind of read through the study here and tell you a little bit about how they did the experiment and what experiment showed. So the research conducted by the research assistant, Professor Richard Heights and Jeffrey Shaw, uh, Ingram, professor of neuroscience at Vanderbilt University, has found that the brain actually switches into a special mode when pushed to make rapid decisions. Uh, so the first thing you see is that neural activity of so they really it is they, they have two games and these two games that people are playing they're monitoring their brain activity and they have different rules about the games uh, so one of the games is called Fast Fury uh, and then the other one is something else I'll talk about in a minute so uh, the first thing you'll see is that neural activity of the player of Fast Fury jumps up even before the question is read. Uh, the subject experiences the subjective experience of getting ready that we all experience appears to be to be reflected in the background activity of neurons in the prefrontal cortex. In comparison, the neural activity drops to extremely low levels during high stakes showdown while the player waits to hit the buzzer. So, in like the first one, the Fast Fury, you're punished very little. Um, for answering a wrong question, but you have to hit the buzzer to be able to answer. So people just, oh, they almost stand up and just push the buzzer right away. And if they get the wrong answer, it doesn't really matter. So it's like, it's not that much of a punishment. But in the high stakes showdown, if you hit the buzzer and you answer the wrong question, then the punishment is severe. You you lose lots of points. So people react totally differently. Um. So, so this picture differs substantially with the strategy theory that the brain uses the same process for all types of decisions. Our second observation is particular, in particular was really startling. He said it really flies in the face of what we thought we knew about decision making. So the different, uh, he says, return to the game show example. Consider what happens when contestants in Fast Fury and High Stakes Showdown are given identical questions. The activity of the prefrontal cortex neurons increases while observers decide how to respond, but the new data suggests that this activity is amplified during fast fury and suppressed during high-stakes showdown. So what this means is that identical information presented to the brain is analyzed differently under speed speed stress than under accuracy stresses. So... They talked about when you're under a speed test, the prefrontal cortex takes over more of that decision-making and information processing uh, than when you're taking a decision on in a, in a slow, uh, high-stakes, accuracy type of a, of a situation. 
So it's interesting, I thought, just how the brain actually operates differently, whether that you're being slow to decide or quick to decide. Uh, so uh, just something to think about next time and what level of brain activity do you want to use <laughs> when you're making your next decision. Yeah, so. yeah that's that's really interesting. As as I was thinking through it, I was really kind of kind of trying to decide. You know, didn't want to just bring the listeners definitions of these two different things, but you know, how do, what how do you need to act? Right? How do we need to act in our life? How can we build our creed to not be too indecisive or not be too impulsive or too hasty in our decision making? And I mean, I, I think that's a personal decision. And to be completely honest, I think it depends on the opportunity. Um, yeah. And, and it depends on your, your risk tolerance and everything else that goes into it. But I, I think the sweet spot between indecisiveness and hastiness lies in finding a balance between taking time to consider your options and making a timely decision. Yeah. So it's just in between those two things, you need to have enough information to feel comfortable, but you can't take forever or you're going to lose the opportunity. Yep, exactly. And so sometimes you're not going to have all the information. You need to trust your gut and maybe make a decision a little bit quicker. Um, and other times if maybe you're, you're, you're getting some signals or it's, or it's a, maybe it's a huge decision at, that you need to be a little bit more careful with and do a little bit more research, right? Maybe, you know, you, you could buy a, a, a rental house that, you know, you, you, you think that the, let's say you're going to buy a, a rental property and you're like, oh, it's such a good deal. This, this house is $200,000. It's a great deal. It's a great deal. You know, you just go ahead and you just buy it. And the mortgage is going to be with the interest rate currently as it is. I don't know. Maybe the mortgage will be $2,000 a month. And then you haven't run your comps in the area for rent. Mm -hmm. And, oh, hey, you can only charge, you know, $1,200 in rent. Yeah. <clears throat> then you made that decision a little hasty because now your rent's not even covering your mortgage. And you're like, oh, shoot. Now I'm just sitting on this thing and I'm in the hole. Yeah, exactly. Right? So Time maybe, to move. <laughs> yeah, maybe if you would have done a little bit more research, maybe a little bit more confident in your, in your decision, then it would have been the other way around. You could have known if it was a good deal or not a good deal. So yep. it's a balance. What is it that uh, – but also I think that that's definitely a, a true on the more research side, but – I'm going to do a test here for you. What is what was the what was Babe Ruth's advice in the Sandlot? Um, didn't he say like I don't know what it was. Follow your heart, kid. You never go wrong. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I think that I think that's. I good was thinking too. legends never die, but heroes get remembered, but legends never die. Follow your heart, kid. You never go wrong. That's what he says. So. Uh, be a legend. Follow your heart, uh, but don't make decisions too quickly. And I think that ultimately, sometimes I think God blesses us in in the bad decisions and in the good decisions. So sometimes the stuff you think you're making, you think you're making the best decision, but really, the best decision lies two decisions after the bad decision. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
So sometimes or, you never or, know. or sometimes you gotta train yourself and you gotta make a couple really bad decisions to say like I'm gonna stop making decisions like that. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> but all right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. This has been excellent. I think I'm I'm gonna definitely apply some of these things and maybe a more balanced approach to my decision making. Uh, I think sometimes I lean a little bit on the uh, indecisive. Uh, I think I can procrastinate a little bit. I think that's my maybe maybe where I sit. So I think I am going to personally lean into maybe being uh, learning how to be more quick in my decisions. I'm not going to say hasty, but uh, maybe learning to analyze the situation opportunity a little bit better, a little bit faster. Um, so that I can make quicker decisions. Yeah, agreed. Same here. All right. Well, everybody listening out there, have a great rest of your day, and let's build that creed together. Let's do it. Mm-hmm.